Hashem, 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 welcome <coughs> to our weekly Wednesday Shir. In the Nishmas Rizal Basra Chachana and Ezra. The Shabbos Pash Bishalach. The Hibishalach Pari is home. He didn't leave Egypt. Night Wednesday night is Tubishvat. Thursday is Tubishvat. We do not say Tachnun Mincha Wednesday or the whole Thursday. Shachas Mincha. Tubishvat. The Rebbe was not fond of the Rashtavis, Tuba, Tub. Tezvav Bishvat, Tezvav Ba'ov. Fifteenth day. Fifteenth day of a month has a great significance to the Jewish nation. Of the Hebrew month. Yidna compared to the Levana, to the moon. One of the comparisons are just as the moon has a cycle where at one point we don't see it at all and then we see a sliver and then we begin to see it grow back in full, to its fullest until we have a full of honor, a full moon and then it returns back backwards it reverses. The Jewish nation have that same cycle at the moment, as long as we are in Golis. There are times with the Jewish nation, times of Shlema Melech, etc., we were in the fullest, in the fullest glory. Time of the Besamikdash, we were in the fullest of glory. And at times of now, the bitter times of Golis, we are searching we are looking for each and every last Jew for each and every solitary Jew to be able to find them to be able to bring them closer to HaKadosh Baruch those Jews at the moment are what we call in a dark place And then there are those of us that feel we found the light. We see the light. And some of us just are very self-sufficient because they have money and therefore they are happy and they feel successful and they feel fulfilled. Then there are those that have other more substantial values children, family tater then there are those that are totally frivolous and they really don't have any interest in anything per se 
they're never really happy anyway. Nothing you give them makes them really happy. And yet, they go on. They persevere. They make their day happen. They make their night happen. Sometimes they don't know the difference, what's day and what's night to them. Sometimes they party all night and sleep by day. Sometimes they party all night and they stay up by day as well and just only imagine what their day is like. Claw yourself, therefore, compared to the Levana, to the moon. Whereas we have those that have the full moon, they have the full picture, and they understand and they know what they have to do and how they have to do it and how they have to accomplish. Then we have those that unfortunately, the opposite. We are all on a mission. And it's that mission that we need to succeed at, it's that mission that we need to apply. It's that mission that we need to work on and toil with and see to it that it gets fully accomplished. Can we fully accomplish a mission? No, we can't. Whatever we accomplish is always going to be something missing. A finishing touch, another finishing touch, and yet another. One of the highest levels of which a person can achieve is a person that is a complete maimon, a believer in God. Samach Tzedek always told the story of a very simple villager. Now we don't understand, we don't comprehend truth maybe the middle generation didn't <laughs> from when the simple villager and we became city folk and there were those that couldn't relate to that simple villager and today unfortunately as the cycle turns we're just discussing the other day exactly this tzedakah where does one place their tzedakah? In days of yesteryear, the Meshulach came around for yeshiva, for this yeshiva, for that yeshiva. They used to make fun. Yeshiva's mir, meaning myself, instead of the yeshiva mir. Or yeshiva maintash, my pocket. Everything was called yeshiva. Collectors are always all the Mishalachim, we're not going around for a yeshiva. You had not a Mishalach, the person, the private person that would go around for Achlas's They needed to make a wedding, or two, or three. They needed to have dowry to make the wedding, to make the Shidduch to begin with. No. They would go around collecting. And that was the tzedakahs that people knew about. The poor person that walked around. And the mishalach for the yeshivas. 
Then came Maizdais. Chabad, Chabad houses, outreach programs, Kirov programs, Kirov yeshivas. So now you really got to give me. Because not only having yeshiva, I'm doing Kirov with the yeshiva. Yeah. Different sounds in the valley, different sounds in the Bismedish, different sounds in the Pushka that's banging, what they're asking for, what they're collecting for. Obviously, there's a kupa in yeshiva, in a shul, for the shul. King and Svarim, for this, for that, for the upkeep of the shul. Unfortunately, Yeshivas today lost their luster. They no longer have that picture of the Gvir that says, I want to support your Yeshiva. I'm so proud your boys are sitting and learning. Because on the same line or in front of the line of the people coming to the door of the man, the rich man, or the poor man, or anyone that they're collecting from, are a bunch of interesting organizations. I don't want to, not going to promote any organizations. We have, of course, organizations like Kul Chabad. They feed, I don't know how many people a day in Israel. Now you have people raising money to go bring food to the soldiers. To buy drones for the soldiers. To buy this, to buy hands for the soldiers. It pulls at the heartstring. It really does, does a good job too. And raises the money. But before the war broke out, an RCCS came to the door. A time came to the door. Miss Askim came to the door. And tens and hundreds of such organizations. Again, I didn't promote the ones I said, I'm just mentioning offhand and can't enumerate them all because there are so, so many unfortunate causes. Real causes. Causes that are down to earth, bare knuckles, that are doing things for the clown, that are doing things for people, that are saving people's lives, that are bringing children into the world. Wow. How do you say no to that? Bifrat, if Rahman al son, you know somebody or a loved one that you're close to or related to, needed to come on to one of these organizations. Wow. This is close to my heart now. Rahman al And therefore, yes, I'm going to see to try to give and try to, to support that organization. The yeshiva 
Shiva has thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand students. Let him collect tuition. Let him collect tuition properly. If they collect proper tuition, they can cover their expenses, they can cover the teachers, they can cover the principals, they can cover the, the, the building funds, they can cover everything they need. They don't, I don't need to give my money there when it can do much better things elsewhere. Unfortunately, <laughs> I do know and I do feel a place in my heart to give to Hebrew Simcha Shabbos V'yamtiv. Teimcha Shabbos. What an organization it is and it was. An organization that literally sends food for Shabbos to people. Literally feeds families <coughs> without it would have nowhere and no way of eating. You know what? A lot of those families consist of a mother, a father, and children. And those children, didn't have food for Shabbos, didn't have clothing, and therefore another organization covered that, a gemach or this or that. <laughs> Wake up call, hello. <laughs> they can't pay tuition either. So the vicious cycle is still turning, still biting everybody. So whereas I said, Yeshiva, collect tuition. You have a high percentage of your students that barely have food for money for food. Where they paying five, six, ten thousand dollars tuition a year? Some yeshivas took initiative and told the parents, "Work for us. Become fundraisers. Go out there. We'll give you raffle books. We'll give you whatever you need." your receipt books go out there and raise the money for your tuition so in the course of the year you have to bring back raise $10,000 over 10 months $1,000 a month to raising $250 a week a lot of quarters but I ask you to go in that way you can go around door to door tell people listen I need to pay my tuition and get a $5 bill here and get a $3 here some people have open hearts, they'll give you a 10, and some just found only a 20 and said, nah, I don't want to ask for change. And you know, you could put together that thousand. In the course of 10 months, you can get that thousand together. I mean, that's the best of us in time. You don't know what else to do. You don't work really. If you worked, you'd have money. So the yeshivas came up with this brilliant idea. Cover the tuition of the children. Problem is the girls' schools that try to uh, imitate it. That don't go over too well. When a man comes to the door and says, son, he needs food for money for food, money to pay his tuition, etc., pay his electric, to pay his gas, to pay his rent. Unfortunately, today, people become skeptical. 
But getting off this tangent that I ended up running into, and going back to my original point, the Ishpashat, that simpleton, of that simple villager of yesteryear, today is labeled as special needs. And guess what? <laughs> they cost more money than regular children. Oh, it's not the special needs children. And what I was saying to somebody the other day is, today there are full, full schools of all these special needs children. Where did it come from? Where did the kids come from? Where the diagnosis has come from? Would these children back in the yesteryear be considered a simple simple villager? Because they can't read straight because the words are turned, twisted? Or because they got diagnosed now as dyslexic? They got diagnosed with ADD or ADHD? Or even on the spectrum. Need a school for this. Separate school. They can't be mainstreamed. They got to go to a separate school. And the schools do wonders. But they cost millions. They cost tremendous amounts of money. So yeah, that pulls at the heartstring of some people. It's very touching to know that that special needs child needs to be taught, educated, given a chance, a fighting chance. Some of which are, are in the olden days, would have been what's called institutionalized. With severe autism, or or etc., etc., Or, they would have been not mainstream per se, but they would have been part of society. When they got married, can't promise. But the simple villagers existed. They existed. As a matter of fact, until the time of the Vashem they were separately smedish. For the simple people and for the Tamid HaChachamim. For the cobblers and the water carriers and the wood choppers. They had their own shul, their own organization, their own communities practically. They had their own Malam Malka, Pashva Yechi. And the Tamid HaChachamim. The Britego. Simple simpleton used to get visited once a week by a rav. The rav would come to him. Everybody knows the story. The rav would come to him and tell him, "Take out a sinner, show him exactly what has to be done this week: Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the shisha yim, how you change it, etc." And every week he still needed the instructions. It didn't matter that he got it last year, two years ago. He needed it every year. 
Ktiyum. Bayim, and the simpletons walking in the streets, Pseyeh still. Stores are closed. Says Yom Tov, Shabbos. Rabbi didn't tell me. What happened here? He sees again walking with Talzin Tvil. No. Walking with Talzin Tvil. Not Shabbos, not Yom Tov. That much I know. Zagmarabi, tell me, tell me, where is everybody? What? Don't you know? Don't I know what? Today's a fast day. Huh? A fast day? I ate. Fast day? I didn't say Anenu. I didn't say any tools that had to be said. I didn't say Slichas. How did my rabbi miss it? How did my rabbi not know this? And he ran to the rabbi. And he came to the rabbi and says, Rabbi, Rabbi, what did you do to me? So he says, It's a fast day. You didn't tell me. I saw you five days ago. Two days ago, it was decided to, to, be, to decree this day as a fast. I didn't see you in between. So I didn't tell you anything about it. But it's not on the calendar. It's not on the calendar. So why are they fasting? They're fasting and they're saying, till them all day, because the season has gone very deep already into the season and there's still not been any rain. And can't live without rain. The fields are not being watered, etc. Huh? Simpleton says to him, what are you talking about? He says, yeah, that's what's happening. Davening to Hashem, that Hashem should give rain. He says, well, now you need rain, I don't fast. He says, what do you do? So I go out to the field and I pick up my hands to heaven and I say, I to them. Give me rain. So the Lord says to him, Adrab, go to it. Sure. He went out into the middle of the street. He said, Rabbi Shalom, how could you let your children die of thirst? Lose all their flocks, all their flock, lose all their fields. Rabbi Shalom, you need to send them rain. And immediately clouds formed and started to pluck and started to rain. That's simple Amuna. The simple Amuna Pshuta. You can't buy it. You can't just hope for it to come in a FedEx envelope. It's an extremely powerful, powerful player. Extremely powerful strength. So we have a conflict, a controversy, a, a, an issue to deal with. We need to pull ourselves together. We need to be able to carry ourselves to get over that hurdle, to get past it, to get through it. So that we don't fall through the cracks that we don't get forsaken, that we don't get lost. Is it simple? Of course not. Of course not.
But But we need to see to involve we need to see put ourselves in the right place. So what do we do? When he created the world, what did he do? He looked in the Tera and created the world. So do I open a Chumash randomly and just see what I can do and how I can get it done? <laughs> of course not. Now the Rebbe said a very, very beautiful line and it's a line in which a motto was built on we have to live with the times. And when his brother, his brother was asked what it meant, he said, we have to live with the Pasha Shavuah. Look at Pasha Shavuah. Look at Pasha Do we have a problem? This week's Pasha Shavuah, Pasha B'Shalach. Beautiful Pasha. Beautiful, beautiful Pasha. So many beautiful lessons. beautiful lessons but there's a problem the Pasuk there's two Pasukim in our Parsha which totally contradict one another in our Parsha of 115 Pasukim I think it is correct me if I'm wrong it could be 116 it could be 170 whatever it is 100 plus Pasukim which includes the beautiful Shira of Moshe Rabbeinu and the beautiful Shira of Miriam and Aviyah. We have two wars. In the one single parasha, we have two wars. The Yidin are leaving Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim come to fight them. The Yidin cross the Yamsuf, they sing the Shira. And Amalek comes to fight them. So let us look in the Teda. How do we deal with the war?
interesting, random, or just plain off the charts. When it comes to the battle of HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to the Yidin about the battle with Mitzrayim and Parai, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Hashem yilochim lachem v'atem tacharishun. Hashem will fight for you and you be silent. It doesn't say you don't fight. It doesn't say you sit and watch. Shvaik. Shah. Don't make noise. But at the end of the Pasha, when it talks about the Pasha Amalek, it says, Say Hilochim Ba Amalek, go out there and fight Amalek. Hello? Will the real approach please stand up? What does the Jew have to do? Do we need to sit back and be quiet? Or do we need to go out and fight? coming to fight with the Eden was a physical fight it was a physical fight not just a physical fight it was a double gashmi to take back all the things the Jews acquired, all the things the Jews got all the things the Jews made all the things the Jews took and to bring them back as slaves a physical fight gashmi is tells us the Ebishter, if you had a physical problem, shh, shh, shvaig, you leave it to God, God take care of it. You have to make a wedding, you have to make a simcha, you have to make this, you have to have that, you have the money for this, for that. Shh. Have faith and our Kodesh Baruch will take care of it. Why are they screaming to me? Tell the Eden just to keep advancing. Keep going forward. However, when it comes to a spiritual situation, like the battle with Amalek, you need to go fight. That you need to fight. Pari came after the Jews. He wasn't standing between the Jews and God. He was just coming to fight with the Jews. He was fighting and trying to infringe on their emuna, infringe on their yearning to serve God. And for this, Hakash Baruch said, I will fight that fight. Atam Tachrishin, you be quiet. A Jew <coughs> may not look at himself and say, I accomplished this. I did this. You can't beat Paris.
can't achieve and ascertain pride in what you accomplished monetarily or status-wise. And therefore, Akash Baruch Hu accepted upon himself the war of Pari and his army. And Akash Baruch Hu hints to the Jews this type of war you are not going to be the one that wins it'll be me don't say we are a strong army we are the better people we are smarter and more strategic so always realize that it's from Hashem on the other hand Amalek total different story whole different ball game now Amalek came out against the Jews immediately after they crossed the Yamsuf and they were going from the Yamsuf to Arsinai to get to Tatum at that moment boom, here comes Amalek and they're trying to get between the Jews and Hasinai. They're trying to hold back the Jews from actually getting Tata. And we see this, the Tata implies this, or rather insinuates it, when it refers to Hamolik, Ashekorcho Baderech. They try to cool you off on the road. They say cool you off on the road. At the moment, the Yidin were the hottest item. They left Mitzrayim. No slave ever escaped from Mitzrayim. They didn't show, they didn't. Nobody was going to start up with them. Nobody's ready to fight with them. But yet, came Amalek, and they said, this sizzling hot nation, we're going to cool them off. We're going to cool them down. We're going to throw cold water at them. We're going to cold, throw cold water in such a level that we're going to be scorched. We're going to get burnt. We're going to be evaporated from it. But every time you take the hottest of items and put it into cold water and dip it again and again and again, it cools off. Therefore, their battle was a shekarcha, notion of being cold. Amalek came to cool off the Jews, who are now on a high, and now on a tremendous drive to go receive the Tata. To this, Am Yisrael cannot rely on outside sources. Am Yisrael needs to fight themselves. 
when someone tries to hold you back from accepting the Tera, when the Keach, the smallest, minutest strength, tries to refrain the person from learning Tera and doing mitzvahs, we don't wait for HaKadosh Baruch to fight our battle. We have to do everything possible to add in war, simple war, even though the wars, they themselves, are connected to Yudayim the Esav, the hands of the hands of Esav which fight. The Jew doesn't fight, Kel Kel Yaakov, it says. Because when Jews can add learning Torah, Bimekayim Mitzvahs, without any disturbances. It's known the mitzvah to remember this every single day. We have to remember how we have to eradicate the mem- any memory of Amalek. As we learn in our parsha, there are no compromises. somebody that in any which way, form or fashion tries to cool down the Jews and this war against Amalek is perpetual the Amalek within us although we are also within the Mitzrayim we are in different Mitzrayim in our own boundaries but yet we have an Amalek that always is there trying to deter us and trying to get us to do something else to cool us down from the slavas, from the fire to cool us down from the mitzvah that we want to do already, the mitzvah that we considered doing the mitzvah that we thought we were going to do the mitzvah that we made a decision a, a resolution that we are going to do and then all of a sudden eh, we got fed up what made us fed up? that's the problem, sometimes it's a person that made us fed up sometimes we say, eh the person that I gleamed this for, from, that I wanted to impress, or that I wanted to do it for, I no longer have anything to do with. I deleted them. I blocked them from my life. So I'm doing the same to God as well. Or, the person could just plain kindle their fire and keep going. And a person needs to remember that again, there's no compromises. We have to stand up against our Malik, the full form. We have to push it away and get away from it with no conversations. Just bang it right out. This has to be done with a great burn for the go to Kabbalah Satayra and Tavayra Hashem. And on the same vein, we see also learning Rambam. Today we complete Hilchish Zchia Matana, which finishes off the Tzadikim, full whole Tzadikim on Shemaisa. Never received gifts from anyone, but they had complete faith in Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Not the rich people. And it says Shemaisa. It says, Seinah Matan is Yichya. person that hates gifts is the one that lives.
So it's the complete faith which a person needs to have with the Eivishter. But the person has to plant that through his study of Tera. goes into Hilcheshchenim the reward the laws referencing to neighbors how one would split a property if they could split a property if they can't split a property one can, a property, one can split They're telling us that each person has their own rights their own conditions their own factors in which they live in which they, they, they move on and they don't allow anyone to get in their way Mm-hmm. Yeah. to try to get back to the a little bit of the Shira people are there most of the want to first go into the you said before the Shiras that we talk about in the Parsha talks about the Shira song as we said before the parasha has two wars it also has two songs the song of Mesha and the song of Miriam the Shira Sayam the song that was sung by the Yam or thereafter of the splitting of the Reed Sea there were two one with men and one with women But both of them were done with tremendous joy. As the Pasik says, it's all different instruments, tambourines. And though since the women did this tremendous joy and they danced and they had the tambourines that they brought about, there are other shiras in Navi. As a matter of fact, the tenth shira will be sung by Mashiach as we sing about the Geula. So here we have two, and there are eight, seven others. Yet, which one of the seven others is chosen to be the haftera of today's parsha? Think of Davra Melech. No, of Dveira. The Veira Isha Navia Devara, the woman, the prophetess. Medish tells us the angels too wanted to sing Shira because Baruch held them back until the Jews finished their Shira. According to one opinion of the Medish, because Baruch said to them, She Shira Rak Lacha She Saimu. Hanoshim Eshirason. You can only sing after the women sang their song. 
Therefore it says, Vatan Lohem Miriam. It says, Vatan Lohem, answer to them, not Lohem to them, to the women. Lohem meaning the angels. And by her singing, Shiru Lashem, she gave them Rishos to sing. Also great. Why was the women's song greater than the, than the men? Because in Mitzrayim, the women suffered more than the men. The decree, the horrific decree of Parai, was called Every son that's born should be thrown into the river. The heart of a Jewish mother can't hold that out. The heart of the Jewish mother being that much more affected than that of the Jewish father. And therefore, for the mother, the pain was excruciatingly horrific to have to take the child and put him in the river. And the depth of the wound and the pain was so much deeper than that of the father's. And therefore, when it came to the Gula, the joy of the women was so much more intense than that of their husbands. And again, as we know, anything that's told in the Teda, not stories of the Teda, but when the Teda is saying it, the Teda is dictating it to us, and the Teda is something that we are learning, this in the Teda, it has an effect all future generations. The decree of Farai, of Parai, goes on and on in every generation. But in a different garb, in a different approach. Parai, the Egyptian king, the Egyptian ruler, commanded to kill the children physically the boys, drown them in the needles. But the party of every generation has a different approach how to destroy the children. With a little less obnoxiousness, a little less vicious and maliciousness, but not any less dangerous. These days, Chaste Hashem that we merit a special belief, a betachin, to get over, to overcome the gazetas, the decrees of Pare, to the spiritual party, Pare, of our day. Who has the rule over the nation? This air that we're breathing, trying to detach the Jewish child from his source, from his true source, from Teda, the party of today's day comes and soaks itself in and it totally entrenches itself in the children, in the world, in the form of a, of a river. 
The river being the world, the rivers, the waters of Parnassa, the daigas of Parnassa. And we take the little child and we tell him, I got to educate you so that you have a Parnassa when you grow up. And therefore I have to distort your Torah learning so that you could read, write, and no math, no science. Maybe you become a doctor, maybe you become a lawyer, maybe you become an accountant. Eh, an accountant. Hey, you never know. You got to compete compete with H and R Block. And yeah, you can do that. You can become somebody. You have a future. I don't want that future taken away from you ever. And therefore, let us see what floats your boat, what tickles your fancy, what keeps you afloat, what tells you, what attracts you, what what speaks to you. Is it science? Is it math? Is it music? Is it art? Please, stay sophisticated. Stay sophisticated so you make a nice Balabata Shepanasa. But the truth is, this decree coming in a total different form, where the Jewish child cannot live without proper emunah, without teira, without chinuch, a Jewish education, a true one. This is a decree that's mamish, perhaps much more severe and dangerous to the existence of Am Yisrael, more than the decrees of Pare the old of yesteryear. And therefore, it comes in a totally different guise. Just like the Mitzrayim directed their pain at the women of the Gezeres of Pare, same as today. It's Dafka the women. They need to see to it that they purify the air in the streets. They worry about the education of their children. It's Dafka the woman that's found most in the house with the child, that is singing the songs to the child. She is the one that stands up against the paris of today. And she is the one that will be victorious and educate the children in a way was of their keres habayis, so that she will have the right to shira. So every woman has to know what kind of powerhouse they could be, and what kind of great merit they have, what kind of great merit they were given to educate the next generation through holding back and to planting and verifying what is the actual true education of the Jewish child, pushing away all the outside influences, 
pushing away and depriving the child. I'm depriving my child of screen time. I don't allow my child to watch influencers. I don't like my, allow my child to watch TikTok. I don't allow my child to be on Facebook. I don't all the other instruments, the Instagrams. And through this, that takazeichet and true nachas from their children. And through this, the women will sing the proper shira, and we will hear the real down-to-earth shira from the women. Because they have what to sing about. Because look what they produced. And within the Shira, we have Aznev Halal Lufi'edim, Elimei Vechazei Mirad, the Lufi'edim and the ones of Mayav, Namegu Koyeshvi Kinan, people of Kinan, and then Tipel Aleim, a Mosav Afachar, fell upon them, the fear. And the the frightening, scared, the most scared parts of the world. This mm-hmm. gives us a whole different outlook and a whole different approach. I'm recording this. I'll be finished in five minutes. A wedding, a wedding, a later. Yeah. It's a whole different fear factor that fell on the other nations during Kriyas Yamsuf. But when we think into it, according to the order of the Psukim, it's impossible to explain it that way. When the Shira starts to enumerate the fear that fell upon all the nations by Kriyas Yamsuf, takes the Lashon, past tense, Chilach HaZeshu Pelashon, then it happened, then it happened. But here, it talks about the future, it will fall upon them, this fear. This is something that's going to happen in the future time, not now. Not something that happened in the past by the Yamsuf. But this Pasuk, B'nai Yisrael Davin, that the Pacha, the fear, falls of HaKadosh Baruch on the nations, by Kriya Samsov, will happen and take place also in the future. B'nai Yisrael will go over the Yardin, and they go into Hetz Yisrael. And this therefore is explained that Rashi says, a Mosa, a Mosa meaning the fear on the, f- on the future, on the further away. Sorry, a Mosa refers to the ones that are far away, Fachad refers to the ones that are close. First and foremost, the Eden asked that it should fall upon the fear of those who are close next to them. Mayav, Edaim. And the far ones, further than that, Israel. And therefore also, the ones that are closer, Yeshri Kanan. And therefore the Eden would be, not have to fall into wars. And this happens also in the Muhammad Yed Sahara. The war we have with the Yitzhar on a constant basis of the person's soul. In general, the, the Muhammad with the nations hints the Muhammad of the Yitzhar. Just like the Muhammad of the nations is divided up, Rechikim and Kraven, the ones that are far and close, same thing also, the division of the Nefesh Adam and the Muhammad 
that becomes the Yitzhara right across from us. The Rechikim are the ones the Yidin have from the nature that are far from them, which could be anywhere on the internet. Different light things, but they're coming from different or different sources, different exposure. And therefore it can fall into the heads of the person, the child, and totally distort everything, the ones that are close to them. The bad behavior, which we see next to us, and which a person can possibly fall into. This Muhammad Yitzhahara person needs to get over also the ones that are close. In order to succeed at this, we need to first get about, about come about with Ilamoli Akarish Barakhu Ezrei Ein Yachel If the Kadosh Baruch would not help us, then nothing could help us. And this, therefore, it says, "Tipa Lemasafachar Kadosh Baruch sends the fear and throws the fear on the Yitzhahara that he cannot conquer us, he cannot rule over us. This order of fear." This order of fear, which in the beginning falls on the concept of Ema, the ones that are the ones that are far. First and foremost, Hakadosh Baruch helps us that we don't fall into these different taivas, and then after helps us on the craven to fall the fear, throw the fear on the Yitzhara. He should not be able to conquer the person. Also, the, the things that happen right there next to us. And this would be turning everything over to good and to positive. As Chazal tells us, if you can score home in the Mishnah and Brachis, the beginning of Perik Tess, what is Levavcha? The two bases. And come also, will also come to love HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to love God, and therefore will be one that will help us rather than hinder us in our Avedas Hashem may we be Zecha this very Shabbos to be able to hear and sing the Shira Asiri together with Mashiach Tzikeinu Yerushalayim Yerakedish Good Shabbos to all